Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. Today, we're going to talk all about social media. So social media 101, how to get started. And I'm chatting with Nicole from Wellness Marketing Co. And I know this is a topic so many of you are interested in because um, there are so many questions. How do you get started? How do you set up your profile? What should you be posting? How often should you be posting? Nicole is going to go into this in detail and help all of you, whether you maybe have no background in social media, or maybe you kind of know how to show up, but you just want to learn how to optimize what you're doing so you're reaching more people. So let me tell you a little bit about Nicole. So Wellness Marketing Co. is a digital marketing agency that helps dietitians, nutritionists, and health coaches grow and scale their business using social media and email marketing. Nicole, the CEO, is a registered dietitian and former private practice owner herself. Wellness Marketing Co.'s mission is to support health and wellness businesses in marketing their services so they can get more clients, make a bigger impact, and do more of what they love. And as a health and wellness professional, it can be confusing growing and scaling your business online so they get it and that's where they come in. That's where they can really support you in your practice. So welcome to the podcast, Nicole. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Excited to be here me too. I feel like um, I'm a really big fan of yours, even though we've recently come into contact with each other. I just have to preface this by saying I'm a really big fan. I love what you're doing and I love um, the approach that you take when it comes to supporting health and wellness practitioners. I feel like you come with a very practical and transparent and helpful approach to get people started. Um, You know, there's so much noise online with like do this to make 10K months. And I feel like you're just actually like, okay, here's like proven data. Here's what I've helped my clients do. And then you're quite generous in helping others um, kind of take those tips and put them into action. So Mm -hmm. yes, big fan. (laughs) Thank you so much. That's such a compliment. So I appreciate it. Um, But it's so true. There's, you know, something that I see a lot is like, there's all these experts and gurus out there and a lot of times they're sharing advice that just isn't sustainable and not really applicable to the nutrition world anyways. And so it's so hard for me when I see that information and I have people asking me like, should I be doing this? And I'm like, no, please do not do that. Like we run clients on the back end, and like we run their accounts and we run lots of them. So we kind of know like what works and what doesn't. And half the time you see all this advice, that's just just like all over the place and so confusing. So I'm glad that you're like finding that the content is very helpful and like realistic. (laughs) Yeah. Which is important, especially for people just getting started too, because there is so much noise and you can like easily be persuaded like, oh, well this, you know, expert or guru said, do this one thing. And then you try it and maybe it's not sustainable. Maybe it burns you out. Maybe you get quick results 
and then no results for months to come. And then it's just like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, which is where I think you and your like, um, kind of sound advice really fits in well. So, um, just so people can kind of like understand who you are, where you came from. Why don't you tell us a bit about like how you came to do this work? Because I know you have a story that um, comes from a nutrition background as well. Yeah. So I am a registered dietitian by trade. I actually started marketing myself as a nutritionist online before I was even finished my schooling and I loved it. I wasn't taking clients. I was just building my presence and growing my social media and having fun with it. And of course, like taking lots of courses and, you know, testing it all out. And I just loved it. And so once I graduated and passed my board exam, became a dietitian, I was like, okay, I'm going to do private practice. And then it got to a point where I was in my private practice and I was just like really loving the social media piece. So I started reaching out to some colleagues, helping them with their social media, and then quickly just kind of got enough referrals and realized I loved it, that I kind of left my private practice to pursue this full time. And so we've been doing it for almost coming up on a year will be my first client. So it's been a whirlwind, but it's been so fun. Well, and we need people like you because so many of us struggle with social media and the content creation. So, you know, the people who love it and can be consistent with it, I feel like um, it's such a gift because I, like I said, I just think social, it's like something we know we need to do, but like the number one thing I get questions about is like, do I actually really need to be on social media? Like, how can I spend less time there? And, you know, maybe it's not people's forte. So, you know, hiring someone like you to support them with that piece of the puzzle is really important so that, you know, as the business owner, you can go on and do those things that are maybe more in your zone of genius as well. Exactly. Yeah. Spending time with clients. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, I didn't even know I was a business owner and now I need to know social media and now yeah. I need to know how to market and how to create a website. Like it can be quite overwhelming. So sure. yeah, that's why I'm just really excited about this conversation. And um, I just want to, yeah, really like kind of uh, pull from your wisdom here and just kind of go through all of my questions that I have kind of from that like social media 101 perspective. So what do people do to get started? So the first question that I have is, um, does somebody need to be on all social media platforms when just starting out? Or maybe are there certain ones that you recommend people to get started on? Yeah, I love this question because everybody has such different advice. Some people say like, you have to be on all of them. You have to kind of diversify everything you're doing. And honestly, I personally don't find that sustainable um, and neither do my clients. So the platforms that I'm loving right now are is Instagram. Instagram is like my one true love. And then TikTok, I also really like. There's such a huge potential to grow on TikTok if you're comfortable on video. Um, and then YouTube shorts is really taking off, which is kind of like essentially TikTok, but on YouTube. And they're also like doing a really great for like monetization and all that stuff. So those are kind of my favorite ones. Um, again, there's, you could be on all of them if you wanted to, but it really just depends like where your ideal client is as well. Like is your ideal client on TikTok searching things, or are they on Instagram, or are they watching full-length YouTube videos? Like it really depends on where they are and kind of meeting them, meeting them there. And if it's not your kind of go-to platform, maybe adding one that you truly do like love and just repurposing. 
Yeah. And do you think it's like more important that you pick the platform that you like being on or that you pick the platform that your clients are actually spending time on? You know, I think it's kind of a happy medium. Um, That's like a really hard question to ask because the thing is, is if you love Instagram because you love sharing, you know, like the static posts and reels aren't your thing, but your clients aren't there, then you're as much as you love it and it will be fun for you, you might not see the results that you want. Um, So I would say kind of doing a little, I mean, the good thing about them is that like across all of them, there's video content across all of them. There's kind of like static post content with the exception of kind of YouTube and TikTok. So if your ideal client isn't on a platform you love, you can still kind of like learn to love different aspects of it. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And like repurpose it. Like, do you usually give that as a strategy? Like if you're on both Instagram and TikTok and you create, let's say a reel for Instagram, like upload that as um, a video on TikTok. Do you recommend that? Yes. A hundred percent. There are a couple like ifs when it comes to that, because TikTok's very particular with like SEO and stuff like that. But I always like say (laughs) work smarter, not harder. Like if you're making the reels already, save it as a video without the text on it and repurpose it to YouTube short, repurpose it to even Facebook. Like you can put it as a kind of Facebook reel or even repurposing it into like a static post. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's something I've learned recently where I'm like trying to kind of dabble in TikTok and I'll make, I usually start on Instagram, make the reel, but then download it with, try to download it with the text or audio, um, like the music already on it. And I'm like, oh no, you're supposed to download it before like any of those layers are added or else I think Instagram doesn't allow, like it says download without audio. Um, or I always seem to run into a problem there. So mm-hmm. I've kind of gotten to more of a rhythm of like create the content, download it, and then um, put all the text and all the layers on. And then yeah, and then if you can't find the sound on TikTok, you just find a different sound. Exactly. Yeah. Don't be too picky with it because it can be a little bit tedious to try to find the sounds on both platforms. <laughs> yes, absolutely. While we're talking about it, I know this is kind of going more into the nitty gritty of the, like the actual platforms, but um, do you usually recommend that people create the content specifically like video content or reels like inside of the platform and edit them like in the native like Instagram editor? Um, or do you recommend using like a third party app for more of like the editing pieces of that? I mean, so we don't use third-party apps with the exception of sometimes for some clients, we'll use Canva to edit Mm -hmm. some reels. Um, But I always say like we even, we get our clients to send us videos and then we post them. So the videos aren't filmed in the app at all. Okay. (laughs) Um, And so honestly, like when it comes to that, it's as long as I think you're putting the text in that's from Instagram or the text in that's from TikTok, then you're okay. And it doesn't have the watermark. Like obviously if it has a watermark, you have to remove it. Otherwise that platform, it won't get pushed out. So there's not really a point in posting it. Um, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. That's really good to know. I I always, am like, is there a better way to be doing this? Like, you know, especially for me, I don't know, like, I don't think that my fingers are abnormally big by any means, but getting the little buttons on like the editing piece. And it's like, that's the finicky part that I run into trouble. And I didn't know if there was like um, a better way to do it. That's like going to save time in the long run. 
Yeah. I mean, I think apps might save you time, but the thing is, is with kind of TikTok and Instagram's going more this direction too, is that you actually have to type it, the text into the app for it to get picked up on SEO. Otherwise it won't get picked up. So if it's text from a separate app, that's not the app you're posting it on, like an editing app, then TikTok and Instagram won't pick it up as SEO. That is a really, really good point. Thank you. I feel like that's like the reason why everybody should, you know, commit to doing it in that way and not just because you you'll see once in a while someone's like um on Instagram, like it's showing the TikTok little bouncing thing around. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, like maybe that's not a big deal, but that's a really good point as to why. Just take that extra few moments to to really make it work for you. Yeah. And that's why it's important also to just not be on too many platforms, because if you can't manage like more than one, then just stick to one. Right. Like I, we do, I do Instagram and a little bit of TikTok for mine, but not really. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. Finding the thing that uh, you can manage, I think is really important. Yeah. Cause there's a million things you could be doing and it's like maybe try getting really consistent at one platform before you move to another so that you're in the process of like creating content and getting um, again, consistent at that. So my, another question I have is, do you have tips for people on how to find that platform that might be the best one for them to be on? Like, is there a way to like do some market research to see where your clients are actually, you know, utilizing an app? Yeah, I think, I mean, you can always look for even just your competitors. So people who are kind of maybe in a similar niche that you're wanting to go into or something like that, because if someone that kind of maybe they do gut health and you want to go do gut health and you know that there's a bunch of other creators on there that have millions of followers and they're they're focused on gut health then you know that there's enough people there it's just a matter of like positioning yourself kind of slightly differently or more uniquely or using your own personality to kind of go on that platform but honestly you can kind of go on any platform and it's not most people will be on that platform like or one of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess the big difference would be more if you were doing like kid nutrition and like, are those, are kids on, you know, Instagram or are they more on TikTok these days? Or if you're working with like older clients, you know, maybe like 80 plus, like, are they even using social media? So I guess it's like finding um, the way to market your business that actually makes sense. Yeah. And like, there's like, I've seen some like menopause nutritionists and stuff like that. Like maybe Facebook might be a better place to look for that. But yeah, again, it just really depends on like where your demographic is. And I, the good thing is that I feel like kind of every demographic is slowly morphing onto most platforms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Making it easiest, easier for all of us. Yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to setting up a profile for your social media, let's specifically talk, I mean, TikTok and Instagram maybe are more similar in the way that the profile is, um, but let's just talk specifically about Instagram. What does that um, look like? Like what can people add into their profile to really optimize it and make it the best they can? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love to credit like my growth on social media to my bio because I am not very consistent at posting. It's kind of like a do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but because my bio is very optimized, I'm pulling in my ideal clients like every single day. So what I'd say is your name. A lot of people will just put their name there or their business name, but I always recommend kind of having keywords in there. So if you are focused on like 
pregnancy and you're a nutritionist, put pregnancy nutrition in there. Figure out, once you figure out what your niche is, putting that into your kind of name is a huge help because then when people search pregnancy nutritionist, you'll be one of the people that comes up. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of missing out if you're just putting your business name or you're leaving that blank. Like nobody, I mean, somebody might search, I guess, to use myself as an example, like Stephanie Long, but that's only if they've heard of me in other places to search for me. But if they search like nutrition business coach, then, um, or like business coach for nutritionists, like some of those keywords that I've put in that name search function, um, I have the ability to now come up versus just my name. Yeah, for sure. For sure. One thing I do like that this is more of like a personal preference is having your first name in that name too. Um, And if you want to throw in like your credentials, you could do that as well. I just find it makes it a little bit more personable rather than your name just being like what you do. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Cause I think at one point I took out my name because my handle is like stephanielong.ca. So I'm like, well, they do know what my name is, but it's not showing in the bio because I didn't have enough. Um, what is it called? Like the characters. Yeah. Yeah. The characters, there weren't enough characters. And I believe that's now changed where you can put in more characters. Yeah. I think it's like 64 now or something. It's a lot. Okay. Yeah. I know. There's a lot of keywords in there. Yeah. Okay. So having the name, having kind of like the title or what you do um, for searchability. Now, mm-hmm. how do people actually like formulate the bio piece? What, mm-hmm. what could that look like? Yeah. So I like to keep it to three lines. Otherwise, sometimes people have to click the see more button and then they're missing the last line, which is normally the most important one because it's a call to action. Yeah. Um, and what I like to do in these is talk more about like the transformation, like who you help and what the transformation is. Because I find that a lot of people will even throw in their I help statement, which is great. But I think shortening that and throwing in more of the transformational language is super helpful. So like, what do you help people with? So say you're... hmm, Like maybe pregnancy nutritionist, could that be one we could use as an example? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So yeah, if you're a pregnancy nutritionist, you could say like, uh, like prenatal or like, even if you do trying to conceive as well and postpartum, you could see, you could say like TTC, prenatal and postpartum nutrition, um, helping you like ditch symptoms and feel confident for a healthy baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that on that's the spot here but no that's great exactly <laughs> like okay so like um kind of the person you're targeting or who it is you're helping but not just saying that piece saying like what are you actually doing for them as well yeah okay yeah so like after they work with you how are they going to feel like what is that transformation and putting that on there so that people come to your bio and your page and they know exactly if you can help them and they can like self-identify if they're like a lead for you essentially. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So that maybe be like the first kind of line, maybe, maybe go into the second line. Um, is there something else? So let's just say that takes up like one of the lines. What do you kind of put as like sandwiched in between before that call to action? Yeah. I mean, normally I try to do that as like a couple different lines. Um, and then after that, I'll throw in the call to action to like a freebie or, to join the program or whatever it might be, whatever you're pushing at that point in your marketing. Okay. Okay. So it's really just like keeping it super clean. I think personally, I have like a little bit of like, you know, helping you launch your business, your nutrition business and sign your first paying clients, but it's short. So then underneath, I think I have like the podcast as like a, Mm -hmm. I guess a call to action, but 
I, I guess like also we don't want too much in there that's sending people in too many different ways. Is that right? Yeah, for sure. So I like to do kind of one call to action that will guide people to whatever I'm focused at at that time. Like we have a client right now who's launching her course. So that's her call to action. But once the launch is done, we're going to go back to her freebie. So you can change it. Yeah. Um, And you can keep the links, all the links in there the same. Um, But yeah. Okay. And I know some people will do, and this is not to call anyone out because I've definitely been here, but a lot of people will just put like, learn more and then put the link or like, just put the link. But like, so I guess my question is like, what kind of language do you use to like actually make people want to click that link um, for that call to action? Yeah, I think it depends what it is. Like I, I think, you know, work with me is always a good one. Um, like save your spot if you're doing kind of like upcoming enrollments or you could even do the name of your program and then put in like doors closed this day um just to provide some like sense of urgency for people and yeah like for mine I think mine is like how to sell on socials ebook. Like I'm pretty mm, sure. That's yeah. So. <laughs> because you know that that's something like you've kind of tested, okay, this is a title that people really resonate with and it gets people motivated to actually want to download it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So even if you're like explaining what your free resource is and that's what the link in your bio leads to, then that's perfect. Okay, perfect. And then lastly, what about the like highlights? Um, are those still a think? Do we care about I highlights? love highlights? <laughs> okay, okay. Tell us about highlights. <laughs> yeah, I love highlights so much. I think though, a lot of times what I see is like people just don't use them strategically, and that's okay because it's hard to know what to do with those. But what I love to do is have like a start here highlight that kind of encompasses everything, like who you are, what your story is, what your services are and how they can learn more so that when people come to your page, they see that start here circle. And then hopefully they watch through the whole thing and they get a gist of like who you are and how you can help them and like why you're qualified to help them as well. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Yeah. And then what would be like the, uh, would you just have that one or would you have like any other like highlight bubbles? I, I do see some people I'm curious about your thoughts on this, but it's like they have a million highlight bubbles. So it's like, you know, meals or like family time or, you know, whatever it is, they're posting stories or saving it to a highlight. Like, do we want to have so many highlights for people to reference or do we just want these strategic ones? Yeah. So I actually made a post on Instagram about this. So if anybody's listening and wants to like see what exact highlights I recommend, you can go there, but I don't recommend having more than like four to five. I think it's, it's like great to have one that's like about your family. If that is a key part of your brand Um, or even just like general tips or recipes or something like that. But once they start to get too long, people either don't watch them or they get distracted by them and they're not watching the highlights that actually will sell for you. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. So maybe even like cleaning them up. I know that's something I don't think I have like an insane amount of highlights, but I'm, it's like on my head to always be like, go back and clean up the highlights because you might have like a start here that was last year's start here that no longer is like the program you're offering or the freebie you're offering. Mm-hmm. So it's like, just rem- just like you would your website, like updating it to be current. Yeah. I need to update mine too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not do as we say, not as we do, but it, it, that's the thing, right? There's so many hats we're wearing that it's yeah. like, 
just remembering like, okay, right. And if you haven't updated them in a year, like that's okay. Like there's no right or wrong here. Just go back, make those changes. Um, and then the nice thing is um, you can probably always like reshare the highlight on your stories or even say like, Hey, want to know what I offer? Like check out the, the, mm-hmm. and then kind of show an image of like where they can watch more. Yeah. Um, so for it's sure. working for you. Right. You can also, you can grab a link to a highlight. So one of my clients, she has like a bunch of prenatal supplement recommendations and a highlight and their affiliate links. So she does make some money off of it. And so whenever people are in her DMs being like, oh, can I have like a recommendation? Like what, which ones do you like? We send them the link to that highlight. <laughs> okay. Now you just blew my mind. I'm going, I'm sorry, everybody for the spam. I'm about to share all of my favorite business tools on a highlight and share the link. But that, so you would just like link it in the stories, but it would actually bring to the highlight. Yeah. So you can actually grab like on Instagram itself. You, I think if you just hold it down, you can like copy the link for that highlight and send it to people. That is amazing. That's so great too, for like, Hey, can you tell me more about X, Y, Z? And like, instead of spending so much time in the DMS, you know, unless it's warranted that you need to have that personal conversation, you could just say like, absolutely. I've already put it all together in this highlight for you. And then just send the highlight link. Yep. Saves you lots of time. (laughs) That's a good, okay. That is now on my top list. For <laughs> You're going to go do it right after this. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. So um, it, the last question I have about the actual bio is something a little bit newer. And I'm not sure if like somebody's listening to this a year from now, if this will actually still exist in Instagram. So it's a little bit more timely, but the ability to have three pinned posts um, at the top of your um, feed. So I see a lot of people pinning posts that are maybe like a little, almost like the highlights, like, a you know, like a start here, like yeah. a little bit about who I am, what I offer, maybe some images of like your freebie. What are your thoughts on having those three? Yeah, I like having them. And same thing, kind of similar to highlights, having one that's about you and your story and like why just builds authority so that people know why they can trust you. And then of course, like something about your offerings and the transformation and maybe throwing in some client wins. Um, So that could be a carousel or that could be even just like two separate posts and then you pin all three. I love using them. I do find that sometimes though, especially on TikTok, because you can do the same thing. People mm-hmm. will pin kind of their like viral reels, which mm-hmm. isn't super helpful <laughs> okay. for you and your bottom line. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So instead of like posting it just to like get more views or followers or whatever, it's like, because uh, I guess at that point, you're not really trying, you're not pinning it to get more follows. You're just pinning it to show like, it's almost like a vanity metric at that point. Is that right? Yeah. yeah it's one of those things where you, you post it and it's a sales post. So it probably won't do super well, but it still has a really, really important purpose. And that's when people come to your page They know exactly what you do and how they can work with you if they want to. And that's why like sometimes we see some of my clients, they'll get new followers that will convert right away. Mm, It blows my mind every single time. Yeah. Because Because it's again, like a mini website kind of. Okay. Yeah. I know even for myself, like um, I saw this uh, actually a colleague do this or somebody that I've worked with, like a coach and 
I've worked with her as my coach and um, she did like um, the three posts, but as like a banner image when she's promoting a program. So I currently have that going for my group program. And I actually just like, like the way that it looks, it kind of stands out, but knowing like eventually those will be deleted and maybe replaced with like more proper posted images. So what do you think about using it as more of like a announcement area? Yeah, definitely. I do like doing that as well. And I've seen people even do it where, they make like one Canva graphic, you know, split it into the three, but on each page, it's like kind of highlighting a different part of whatever it is that you're launching. And yeah, again, like they can be used very strategically and they don't have to, and they probably shouldn't stay the same yeah. as your offers evolve as you really nail in on your like marketing language as well. Yeah, that makes sense. And just for logistical sake, because I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, I should do that. But how do I do this? Would they almost just search in Canva like a puzzle graphic or what do you know, like what they would use to like have more of that like connected look image? Yeah, yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to go into Canva and create like a graphic that it would be probably the height would be 1350. And then the length would be Oh gosh, here we go. What is this math? Um, You're one step ahead of me. I, I have no idea. So yeah, it'd be like by 3,240. Okay. okay. You would just like go in, like as when you save it, you would just like, honestly, you would cut it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what I did personally. Um, I made like a banner image and I wasn't even sure if it was the right sizing to be honest, but I use a program I think it's just called like grid post. I'd have to look, it's a free kind of app on my phone. And then it just lets you like cut that panoramic one into however many image sizes. And then it posts right to Instagram, um, which is really nice, right? It's like all these tips that I feel like people like, you can spend so much time wondering how somebody did this. And it's just like finding, you know, that good tutorial or whatever that kind of shows you exactly how to do so. Honestly, I'm sure there's, you could YouTube it, like how to make a banner. Yeah. On Canva. And yeah. then you can probably do it for free. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Ready to start your nutrition business, but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. Um, okay. The next question that I have is how often should people be posting? Um, I guess curious, like, is there a rule like for best conversion or, you know, um, is there something like you say, everybody should be doing X, Y, Z or yeah. Just curious if, if this is a free for all and we can kind of do whatever we want. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, depending on like how long you've been in the online space, following other social media marketers and stuff like that, you'll see a lot of misinformation. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So a lot of people do like 30 reels and 30 days challenges. And they say to post like three times a day and 
that yes, that might kind of like fast forward your growth if you're posting more, but a lot of times it's not sustainable or you just can't say stay consistent with it. Yeah. So I always recommend a minimum of three times a week, mm-hmm. minimum. And if you want to grow faster and see results faster, then you can post as much as you want, as long as it's pretty much the same amount every single week. So okay. if you like, you know, want to grow fast and really kind of learn what content works and what content doesn't for you, then maybe posting five times a week would be a good idea, but only if you can keep that up for at least three months. So it does take a while for the algorithm to like understand kind of your content, who it should push it out to, um, and like understand that you're consistent. So doing it for a minimum of three months is super, super important. And so we actually, we've had clients before that we've taken on and it's, they haven't been consistent before us. And it Mm -hmm. takes way longer to see any sort of traction if they weren't consistent before. So kind of like not being consistent would probably look like posting once or twice a month, whenever you have time. Mm -hmm. So like at that point, you may as well just commit to, you know, like if instead of like getting paralyzed by five posts a week or three posts a day, Mm -hmm. just choose what is sustainable for you. Set a day, one day per month in your calendar to get your content done and then schedule it out. And then you can like kind of just forget about it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. So it's more important because I see so many people that are like, well, I tried two weeks. I went hard and like, yeah, Mm -hmm. I saw some change, but then I like burnt out and then decided not to post for three months. So like that is not ideal. We'd rather them like choose something that works for them, stick to that. Um, whether that's like the three posts, or even if that was like one post a week right now, mm-hmm. just to get started and then kind of scale up from there. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. And I did, I was talking to someone the other day about this and she had bought like my previous Black Friday offer and was really struggling with consistency, even though part of that offer was like an eight week done kind of plan with real ideas and all that jazz. And I said to her, I was like, if you want to try to post three times a week, like that's okay. That's, that's a great goal. And honestly, just do one reel. You can make one graphic in Canva and then share a picture of you or a picture of your family or whatever with a caption that's educational. Yeah. Okay. Right. You can really kind of simplify it so that you're spending hours posting. (laughs) Because Yeah. I mean, I feel like well, maybe me personally, maybe this isn't a good thing, but I feel like I've like, I kind of gave up trying to make it so aesthetically pleasing because I was spending so much time being like, well, I just posted an image that looked like this. So beside that has to be X, Y, Z. And, you know, like, I think it's just getting, if, if it's creating categories, like you said, you know, like one real one static pose, one this, like at least then you're in the rhythm and you know how to do it. Um, or like, what do you, how do how important do you think aesthetics are now on Instagram? Not super important. It's, it's better to just get the content out there, even if you're not in love with it. Um, and if it's providing value or it's entertaining or inspirational, then it will do what it's meant to. Um, and like, I mean, there is kind of a difference between being aesthetically pleasing and also following your branding. So if you're new to business, like obviously I'm, I think I've heard you say this before, like, don't fixate on your colors. Don't fixate on all the stuff. But once you do have that kind of sticking with it is helpful because then when your picture, your image or your graphic shows up on your followers feeds, 
they're like, oh, that's Stephanie. I can yeah. recognize by the font. And the yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus I, I think, again, like not to call anybody out, you got to get started somewhere, but it, it's like almost my pet peeve when I see somebody using every single new Canva, like um, pre-made graphic and it's, everything looks so different and it's like, oh my gosh, there's like, very little consistency here. So I kind of even, I'm like, what do you do? Or like, how can I expect what's coming from you? And I think people like familiarity. So sometimes when you're trying out too many different things, it can be a little off-putting. So kind of finding your style and sticking with maybe like, well, I mean, your advice here would, would be best, but like, you know, should you have like a couple templates that you kind of rotate through? Yeah. That's what we do for a lot of our clients. It's like, you know, two to three different templates, depending on what it is. Tweets are like a super easy one. Um, and then having a couple different like carousel templates using always the same fonts. And then, yeah, like you can really see like over time, which kind of templates are performing best and what content and stuff like that. And it's not something that you need to spend hours on because you already have the template done. Right. Absolutely. And honestly, like, uh, again, just speaking from experience, like my carousel templates are like the most basic, literally just my brand color and font. And mm-hmm. I think like a little at stephanielong.ca on the bottom, nothing fancy. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I should really jazz this up to look better. But those get saved and shared and perform quite well because they're just like the basic information. Um, and I just keep reusing that one. So I guess that's just permission to anyone that it doesn't have to be like, this beautifully professionally designed template for it to work. And sometimes the like super beautiful technical templates don't even perform well. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, the really basic, huge text in the middle of the screen performs the best. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I find I'm attracted to those type of posts too. So it makes Mm -hmm. sense that it would work as well. Yeah. Okay. A couple more questions here. So on this idea of like, okay, well, we know kind of how to set up the profile, how often we should be posting um, that feels best for us and our schedule. Um, what type of content should we even be sharing? Like, you know, I think we hear so much about like sharing educational content, entertaining mm-hmm. content, like giving tips and tricks and like not, you know, not worrying about giving it all away for free. And then there's, I think like a wave coming in of like, don't worry so much about sharing all this education, really like point out kind of like where your client's at and then like talking through the solution, how you're the solution to that problem. So curious your thoughts on like, what do you do with clients for content or what do you recommend as like a good place to get started? Yeah. I mean, I like to do a combination of all of those because I think it's all super important. And something I've been hearing a lot is like, don't share the how, share the why, Mm. which is great. And I love that. And that, that will sell, but if you're not sharing at least a little bit of the how, then you're not building that authority. Like people don't trust that you actually can make those changes with people. And if you're teaching them on a topic that they're like super confused about and have no idea what to do, like say they have like insufferable bloating Mm -hmm. and you're like, here's how I healed my bloating in three months. And you give them some really, really good juicy tips. They're more likely to kind of stay tuned for that other content that is inspirational and encouraging them to like join your programs. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. So giving a bit of both. And I mean, something that I always usually say to my, my clients and my students is like, 
people can find out the how, but it might not apply to them or like they still want the personalization of like, oh, so I heard you do X, Y, Z, but like I'm a busy mom and I only have like five minutes for breakfast. Like how do I actually do this? So um, do you kind of see that with your clients? Like, do they ever kind of think like, oh, this is great, but like, I'm just giving it all away. Like, do you hear Mm -hmm. that often? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I used to feel like that when I was started promoting myself on Instagram, because I was like, I don't understand how, why are people going to buy from me if I'm giving them all the education? But the the great thing about nutrition is that if you do have kind of like a one-on-one or like a group program type of thing, then they're going to get that one-on-one support. That's going to take those tips, but make it kind of more unique to them and their situation and circumstance. And so I would say kind of having like one educational piece per week and really loading that up is super helpful for people. And then you can have kind of one that's focused on sales and one that's just for fun and like connection kind of thing. Um, And then like, really, if you think about that, that's only really four big educational topics per month. So there's people can't really piece it all together anyways on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely true, right? Like, or, or, you know, there that's always the thing. Like you can always go to Google and piece it together. You know, like that information is out there, but you know, what we're doing is really piecing it together with that expert knowledge and, um, and support. And, you know, sometimes people are, I mean, this is a whole other conversation, but they're not even necessarily working with us for like all of like the tips and tricks and recommendations. Sometimes it's just the accountability, the motivation, the like time spent, you know, that they're getting with you, in session, maybe versus their doctor, where they only get 10 minutes with them to discuss what's going on in their health. So I think like a lot of us forget like why we're important and like why people would work with us to begin with. Yeah, for sure. And one thing I will say that has been super successful for a couple of my clients in terms of just like getting clicks to their websites and their programs and stuff like that is sharing like a really juicy educational post and then having it be a carousel. And at the end of the carousel, you include like screen grabs of client wins that are related to the education that you're talking about with a call to action to join the program. Those work so well. Love (laughs) it. You just gave a great formula for people to follow. That's awesome. And what about for people that are like, but I don't yet have any screen grabs or testimonials. Like, could they even almost backtrack to like, maybe in school they did some like test clients or, you know, worked with friends or family. Like, should they be approaching those people to get some of that um, feedback right now? I think you totally can. You also could just exclude the kind of client when like screen grabs and instead say something like along the lines of what the transformation is. Like, are you ready to feel X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And then do kind of link in bio. And then that would be the last carousel slide that still works very well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. Yeah. And I think that's a piece a lot of people miss out on is like, they give all this great content and then they're like, okay, bye. Like they're not saying how you can help them or how you can support them. So it's almost like, I like to think of it like wrapping it up in a bow. Like it's a present that you've given that you're now wrapping up in a bow and you're presenting it to them and they're going to take the next action where sometimes when we don't give them that, like we have to tell them what to do. And actually I found um, when I say like save and share this post, like right in like, even like as like the first thing that I say, the amount of saves and shares that I get are like exponential versus when I don't say that. So I think it's like, you need to almost tell people like the Mm -hmm. actual action they need to take. Yeah, for sure. You have to tell people. And what I like to do even is when you're sharing your post to your story, 
having that same call to action that's in your caption or in your post and putting it on your story. Like comment if you were late. <laughs> mm, I love it. And yeah. would then people then kind of like send a DM through like the story or would they be like, you're asking them to almost go to the post and comment? Yeah. So normally I like, will share the post and then say like, comment on this post if you were late. And then people would go to the post, hopefully like and comment it and then kind of get it out to more people. Love it. Yeah. I mean, again, work smarter, not harder. You're already doing it in one spot. You might as well use the stories as, as another way to promote the content you've created. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Last, I could have you on here for like 10 hours. I'm not even joking, (laughs) but I want to respect your time. So I have two more questions. Um, any tips for reaching more people with your content? And I think this is, um, something that a lot of people wonder. In fact, I just had like a group call, um, a Q and a call for my launch your nutrition biz program today. And so many people were like, yeah, how do I get my content out more? And I was saying to you earlier, like, wow, I really need you to come on as a guest expert to share your expertise with this because so many people are struggling with like some days it's reaching a thousand people, their posts, some days it's reaching 20 people. Like how do we get some consistency there? Yeah. I mean, so reach is one of those things on Instagram that is just so hard and can fluctuate so much. Like even I was saying a couple of weeks ago on my story, I shared a reel and probably when I went to bed, it was at like 400 views, which is not bad for me, but I was kind of disappointed because I thought it was really helpful. And then I woke up the next morning and it had like almost 3000 and I was like, wow, okay, great. So, you know, I would say don't, don't lose hope. Um, give it time. Things can still kind of reach more people later. And I would say kind of when it comes to figuring out what style of posts will do the best for reach, go to your insights and see what's reaching more people, posts or reels. And if reels are doing better for you for reach, then take a look at your reels and see what types of topics are reaching more people. Yeah, And then you can kind of deduce like what works for you and what doesn't. I will say I just got on my story just before this because with my black previous Black Friday sale, we I gave everybody a prompt that was for a reel and it was kind of talking on that like doctor pain point where mm-hmm. you go to the doctor and they don't really have enough time to support you enough and you were kind of hoping for more and it's disappointing, you know. Yeah. It's a very common pain point in the nutrition world yeah. and that pain point re- always reaches so many people. <laughs> Mm. So that's definitely kind of like one you could give a try if you're struggling with breach, but it really depends on what works for your account. One other thing I guess I would say too is creating shareable content. So going and seeing like what posts and what reels are getting the highest shares, because that means it's automatically going to increase your reach and likely increasing it to people who actually you could help are your ideal clients have the struggles that you kind of solve. So looking at those insights and seeing like what posts get the most shared, like, and kind of recreating different types of content or diving deeper into it the next time you post kind of thing. Yeah. So it's not like you've posted about a topic once you can never post about it again. It's like, Oh, this actually did really well. Like I can talk more about it or talk about a different topic. Or do you think, do you, are you a fan of like people reposting content? Maybe they put out like two or three months ago and like actually just reposting the exact same image or that exact same caption? Like, can people do that? Yeah, I would say you totally can. I would just, I would be a little cautious with that depending on like how much your audience has grown, how long ago it was. We did this for a client because we had a tweet that did really well for website clicks. So like six to eight months later, we just 
put it up again. I wouldn't, I think three months might be a little bit too tight unless for some reason you like blew up in those three months Yeah, completely different eyes on your content. Yeah. Okay. Or else it is like a bit too like repetitive. We want to be creating new content, but like variations of the content that has been working. Or take the, take the carousel post that you spent hours making that didn't do anything Yeah, and make it into a talking reel or make it into a pointing reel or something like that. Yes. Okay. Good point. And that actually leads to my last question. You know, you just said like a talking reel or a pointing, which like would show you on camera, you know, your face. Um, the number one thing that I always hear is, do I have to be on camera and how can I get comfortable, you know, showing up and, and being on camera, showing my face. So, uh, what are some tips that maybe you do in your own business or maybe that you share with your clients when they run into this issue? Yeah. I mean, I would say you don't have to go on camera as much as you think. Some people go on camera every single day and it can become honestly a little bit repetitive depending on what the topic is that they're talking about. So I wouldn't stress if you're not comfortable going on every single day or that seems like a lot of work for you. Um, But I would say going on and talking so people understand you and your personality. And like, I'm sure you tell this to your clients all the time, but there's so many like different people in different niches out there that can help the same client, mm-hmm. but what makes you unique is you, right? And yeah. your experience and your personality. And someone might really vibe with you, but not vibe with your direct competitor who has way more followers than you. Yeah. So in order to kind of do that on stories and to get comfortable enough, it just takes repetition. And if you have to film yourself talking And then you can save it to your camera and you can upload it later, or you can like retry and take certain clips that did well and certain clips you kind of fumbled over your words and it does get better and it does get easier. Like I look back at my first kind of talking to the (laughs) the camera (laughs) and I'm like, it's so bad. Oh yeah. Oh, so it gets better with practice. <laughs> totally. And people are only like, they might look at you and I now and be like, Oh, like it seems easy for them to get on and talk, but like that took years, like years and years and years of like, I even think back to when I switched into business coaching in 2017, I would do like Facebook lives all the time and they were awkward. And, but like doing those and being on the spot of having to like think and process thoughts kind of in real time helps to like be able to articulate a little bit better through video. And I think even sometimes it's like, well, we're just normal human beings. Like if you mess up in a video and, you know, 90% of it was what you wanted to say and 10% was off, like, that's fine. Like Mm -hmm. you're allowed to mess up a word or, or, you know, forget what you're saying or something. And, you know, nobody's going to blame you for that. Yeah. It honestly makes you more like relatable anyways. (laughs) That's true. Less like robotic. Yeah. People want that actual, you know, and I think it's like, it's just going to get like maybe it does come across robotic at first and that's okay. And then you just kind of infuse that personality as you get more comfortable. Yeah. And I will say like, if you have to kind of write out some bullet notes and keep it on like your computer behind you or on a sticky note behind you, just so that you know, kind of what you want to talk about and what you want to cover for the first couple of times you do it, then do that. Or if it takes like you doing your hair and putting your makeup on, that's totally okay. Like I know nowadays everybody's like, you know, really promoting the, like, you don't need to go on camera with makeup, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. but if that's, what's going to get you on there so that you can go on later, like yeah. just kind of, you know, after waking up, then that's fine. 
totally what or do like one day where you get ready and like maybe do your makeup and your hair and you batch a couple like you even stories for the next couple of weeks or reels mm-hmm. for the next couple of weeks so you don't feel like eh, that's taking you so much time to do it like you know every single day yeah. um something I heard that actually seems so simple but it like actually changed my mindset around like stories or reels um or video content in general was um like I always think I need to like film consistent like I need to say the exact right thing for the whole minute it's like well no you could just create like smaller 10 or 20 second clips especially in reels where you know you have a sticky note just like you said it's you know your five points you film doing point one you take a minute you regroup and even um on Instagram reels, there's like a little align feature where you can, I think you can press a button and almost see where you were in the video and line yourself up again. Mm -hmm. Um, So you'd have to be recording right in the app for that. But you know, if that meant that you could take five minutes and like decompress and come back and be in the exact same, you know, position you were great. Right. And film point two then. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you right now, like I do this as a a living. Yeah. <laughs> I help my other clients do it, but my talking reels where it's like camera to face and I'm talking and I'm trying to teach you something. I have a script for those. Mm-hmm. Like I literally write out my script and I say one line super enthusiastically to the camera and then I stop it. And then mm-hmm. I do the next line because okay. I know that that's going to hold people's attention better. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, it's, it's really it. true. <laughs> Yeah, where exactly you might like lose some momentum if you're just like straight talking for 30 seconds. So that's that's a really, really good tip. And I think that gives people confidence. I'm like, I think just comes from more of like the laziness side of not wanting to take the time to write the script that I'll just kind of go off off the bat. Um, but sometimes that can miss the mark, right? So if, you know, giving yourself the confidence by having that written, the whole thing you want to say written out, go for it, right? Like it obviously is working. Yeah. I mean, as long as like people can't tell you're reading it, then it's yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. you don't want your eyes like going across the screen and yeah. processing it because then it feels a bit like newscastery, but yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Well, thank you so much. This was um, very, very helpful. Like we covered so, so much. Um, I appreciate your time um, so much and your expertise. And I would love for you to share where people can follow you online, how can, they can work with you, like anything that you want to share to kind of give them um, that boost in maybe getting their social media set up and, and mm-hmm. excelling with it. Yeah. So our Instagram is wellness marketing co. Um, and then our website is wellnessmarketingco.info. So you can kind of learn a little bit more about us and our services and stuff like that on there. And we do have a free resource on our website. It's also linked in the Instagram link in bio as well. Um, and I walk you through kind of my like three steps to selling on socials and like three different things to do and to look for in order to actually convert. Mm -hmm. Um, because that is kind of the biggest struggle that I see for nutritionists. Um, so that's definitely a really great place to start and yeah. Yeah. I'll make sure to put those in the show notes for everybody and definitely recommend following Nicole, um, on social. I think again, you just have so many good tips. And one thing I think that again, sets you apart from others is uh, you're really good at making the connections of like how people are putting this into practice. So you're not just saying like, oh, this is what you should be doing, but you give a lot of case studies of like, 
this is what you should be doing. This is a client that did this. This was the results. And I think that just is so great. So it gives people that motivation, like, oh, this isn't just, again, that other, that expert or that guru that's telling you something like a talking head saying you should try this out. It's like, you're actually doing this every single day with clients and you're, you're bringing in the data to really make sense of what's working and not. And you're so generous to give that out to your community as well as information for them to try to implement. So yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you again. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, thank you again so much for coming. I'm sure I'll have you on again at some point to um, do another topic when it comes to social media or email marketing. But in the meantime, um, yeah, just excited you came on and thanks again. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.